0: na 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 hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of Chilling in the state house uh, everyone's favorite uh state house podcast or at least i don't know one of the top 2 state house podcasts out there <laughs> we <laughs> could safely guarantee i'm Andrew Ball one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's state house team And I'm joined, as always, by my compadre, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, but we are not here to talk about turkeys. Well,
0: we are here to talk about, this is the reason for the uh, chicken dance to start, we're going to talk about uh, John Hanna, the Associated Press, one of his favorite subjects, the lesser prairie chicken.
2: Indeed. And and I've got to say, there may be other statehouse podcasts out there. But do they have as much fun as we do,
0: Andrew? I don't think it should be legal to have as much fun as we no, do. No, no. It, it, I'm it, sure we can see a bill to address that. <laughs> yes, I know legislators. For, I know for a fact legislators listen to this. So uh, hands off our podcast, please.
2: As long as they don't ban critical prairie chicken theory, I think we're okay.
0: <laughs> well, so- that's,
2: that's the theory that everything in American history was influenced by the prairie chicken. <laughs>
0: So we have a couple things we want to talk about today. One is kind of some of the the postmortem for the Republican Party following the November eighth election. But wh- I mean, we, we're already on the topic of the chickens. Let's just dive right in, shall sure. we? Sure. Or
2: clock. Or or whatever. Grouse. Grouse. Yes, there's going to be a lot of grousing about the lesser prairie chicken action by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, uh, a decision to give it additional protections. I'm sure it's, it's highly possible that a lawsuit in Kansas
0: will take wing well john th- why is this one of your favorite subjects well you you are genuinely a prairie okay, chicken okay uh, this story is, enthusiast
2: yes it is a very it is a serious issue because it affects land use oil and gas uh production agriculture uh and chris kobach attorney general elect chris kobach says possibly the construction of wind turbine turbines I like this story because it's the lesser prairie chicken we're arguing about. It's not even the greater prairie chicken. And the way you tell a greater prairie chicken from a lesser prairie chicken is... That the greater prairie chicken is just bigger and more robust, so the lesser prairie chicken is the one that sucks. So it's just—I mean, I'm sure if you're a female prairie lesser prairie chicken, you don't believe that. But um, anyway, I—I just—it's one of those—it's to me—it's one of those stories that. I don't know that people on the coasts
1: get why people fight over this stuff. I'm not even sure people in the city, the the city slickers of Kansas know either.
0: No. Maybe not. So there are are about 30,000 lesser prairie chickens remaining in... And they once thought there were millions. Well, I think it's a 90% decline from where it was a century ago. 30,000
1: lesser prairie chickens is uh, a little bit over how many votes Dennis Pyle got. (laughs)
0: Well, by, by the way, do you know do you
2: know what the best recipe for baked prairie chicken is? I think you, I've heard this one before. Okay. I, I will laugh you, again. You take I two hickory you. boards you cover you, you cover them in lemon, you put the prairie chicken in between, you bake at 325 degrees for an hour and a half, you pull it out of the oven, you throw the chicken away and you eat the boards.
0: <laughs> John Hanna will be doing stand up <laughs> at the Continental Club all weekend long. I, I, I is prefer, there
2: is there a prairie chicken hunting season in Kansas? I, it's I'll banned.
0: Have, is it prairie chicken? Oh, hunting Oh, that's is right, banned. because
2: they're threatened. Yeah,
1: as as long as John does stand up and not cooking, we'll be fine. <laughs>
0: Well, and, and so we mentioned a lawsuit. Um, Attorney General-elect Kobach came out last night, basically said he's going to sue the Biden administration over this move. He didn't even wait for
1: breakfast. He did
2: not. It, I, that's a reference to a statement at one point he made during a debate, I think. Was it a debate or just a the speech? The Johnson
1: County Bar Association. The
2: Johnson County Bar Association, where he was going to uh every morning over breakfast ponder ways to sue the biden administration Uh, in between uh, bites of cheerios
1: or something, i don't know what uh, mr kobach eats for uh, breakfast cheerios would make sense since he went to oxford Wow. Uh, we are really Jason, Jason We are, is we are, time,
0: we are as
2: much the men on fire as Dennis Pyle, but
1: you know. yeah. well, but, um, but I, like, Joe,
2: in a different way, of course.
1: But Chris Kobach was the one in the Republican primary who had signs that literally campaigned on sue Joe Biden. Sure. So we always expected him to sue Joe Biden. Well, well, we, we, I'm sorry. We, we just didn't know that this would be the first one. Well, and
2: and there's some there are some issues here. I mean, as I mentioned up front, I mean the the serious part of this is what what does listing the lesser prairie chicken as threatened in Kansas, the northern part of its ranged, and endangered actually in parts of New Mexico. And Texas, and and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said that one of the things that hurts its habitat is oil and natural gas drilling and exploration. And so the question is, what does that mean? The conservation efforts mean for farmers, oil and natural gas producers, others. And you know there had been a voluntary conservation program where landowners would get into it and they'd work to preserve the habitat voluntarily rather than have the federal government come down on them. And uh, Tracy Mann, the congressman from western Kansas, said that in doing this, these designations, the Fish and Wildlife Service was ignoring the progress made by that voluntary Which conservation true. it
0: has helped the po- the chicken yeah. population. i think
2: environmentalists would argue it has not done enough and that the the this it's about time the federal government got
1: um more aggressive and it almost sounds like limas and water <laughs> policy and voluntary conservation but is it doing enough fast enough
2: yeah, that, that, that is the question. And then, you know, obviously there's going to be questions about the power of the federal government under the Endangered Species Act. I mean, this is, I, I laugh about what people on the coast or in the cities think about this, but, you know, there have been various controversies involving various species. The spotted owl comes to mind immediately, the snail darter, um, things like that. There's always a tension between uh, preserving biodiversity and and what people who are on the land are doing with it in addition i should note um that in 2014 the kansas legislature enacted a law
0: at the behest of secre- then secretary of state chris, chris kobach.
2: kobach he was secretary of state he was a big advocate of it and and advised some of the legislators who are working on this and the law says it declares that the federal government has they, it basically says prairie chickens don't generally cross state lines. Therefore, <laughs> uh, how it, they would know that? Uh, it, I guess it, I guess maybe they tag them and watch. It, but it seems like a preemptive
1: attempt at nullifying any federal right. Regulation. Right. And you what should what toll the prairie chicken if it tries to cross state lines.
2: I. I maybe they have little toll little K
0: tag for the prairie chickens. Yeah, K
2: tag for prairie chickens, but. No, seriously. The argument is is that be, they're they're not so much migratory. So uh, Kansas it declares that Kansas has the sole authority to to regulate prairie chickens and their habitats and human activity within the boundary when they're in Kansas, and that if any that that any county attorney, district attorney, or the attorney general has the authority to go to court, a court of competent jurisdiction as it's phrased, and seek to get an injunction against any federal regulation or executive action.
0: And I think like they can charge federal officials who attempt to enforce any laws related to the legislature yes. with a felony, which is I, th- I
2: think that's in there, of course, obviously. The Supremacy the mo- Clause the of the obvious, Well, because, yeah. that's what some lawyers would tell you, of course. I think Mr. Kobach would argue differently. but And he may get his chance. If he sues, he may sure. be spending... I mean, he promises he'll sue, uh, and obviously that assumes the current attorney, outgoing Attorney General, Derek Schmidt, doesn't try it. But obviously... If something happens under that law, there's probably going to be a court battle over that law. Kansas did a very similar law on firearms, the Second Amendment Protection Act, that supposedly dealt only with firearms manufactured and sold in the state of Kansas. And then two, I think two people in Wichita were charged with violating federal firearms laws and they cited this law and they still got convicted and uh, the basically the federal court said you should not have relied upon this law so we'll we'll see what happens and meanwhile the prairie chickens and their flamboyant uh, mating dances go on and but i think they call them lex out in western kansas
1: I'm just wondering if you can pluck a feather from a prairie chicken and turn it into a quill and if Kobok can use that to sign off on the lawsuit. Would
2: that, if if the bird is uh, listed as threatened, can you pluck feathers from them? Is that allowed?
1: Well, it might. Yeah, Jason, it might, it it might drop off.
2: I suppose if it dropped on the ground, you could pick it up and make a quill out of it. <laughs> I, I mean, I you know uh, that and other prairie chicken.
1: I'm sure we can. Uh, we, I'm sure we can up our uh, pun game for the next time.
0: Yes. Well, you know, talking about chickens, I think some. Moving into our other subject, I think uh, some members of the Republican Party are calling other members of the Republican Party chicken, based off how things have been well, going. Well, and or or I was going to say- or they think
1: that the party laid an egg, or- Or uh, the
2: chickens or, have come home to roost for pile supporters. Or, or
1: some plucky candidates won.
2: <laughs> I, have we driven all our listeners away yeah, with all these th- For the right eight now? of you
1: still listening.
2: Yes. Um, 're we're, we're not sorry for the puns, but we understand how it might
0: annoy you. <laughs> we make no apologies. Um, yeah, so I uh, I think we've all written about this interesting dynamic at this point, but uh, you know, we covered last week if you're a faithful listener at in the State House, the November eighth election, Governor Kelly reelected, Attorney General Derek Schmidt fell short. Independent Senator Dennis Pyle of Hiawatha uh, got, I can't remember what he's up to. 19 20,000. I think he yeah, like was right up to right and at 20,000 votes. Which is actually now uh, fewer than the margin, less than the margin of victory that uh, Governor Kelly had. Yeah, just a little less. And it.
1: Libertarian Seth Cordell.
0: Well, combined, the two third-party candidates... I guess you can't have two third party candidates. Combined the the nine major party candidates had more than the margin of victory. Yes. Um, but, but
1: nobody blames Seth Cordell. Nobody even mentions his name when we ask uh, who they blame.
0: <laughs> this is this is a point Jason has been stuck on for a little while.
2: <laughs> well, I mean I you know, he's got a point. Seth Cordell took votes from somebody or maybe not. I mean, there are there are 21, 22,000 libertarians in the state of Kansas. The Libertarian Party is actually the fastest growing party in Kansas by percentage.
0: Well, I mean, I think this gets at kind of the debate that we're hinting at, which is there is a debate over to what degree should Dennis Pyle be blamed for Derek Schmidt's defeat. You know, you could look at the votes and say, uh, you know, that's a big chunk of support. Schmidt definitely had to change his campaign strategy and spend money he might not otherwise have spent to try and head off Dennis Pyle. And the Republican Party had Mike Kuckelman, the state chair, says
2: that it had to devote time, energy, and resources to telling conservatives that Dennis Pyle had absolutely no path to victory. Um And and so all of that kind of and you know there were there was what is the group American Center this group with pretty clear Democratic ties and its offices are the same as uh, was it Hillary Clinton's law firm yeah and. Perkins coy a big yeah, yeah. a big
0: DN- law firm that And the they DNC. were doing
2: uh, texts and mailings and radio ads touting Pyle as the conservative
0: Well Jason Kuckelman made some news um late last week kind of early this week uh for kind of dr- addressing the
1: pile issue <laughs> head on right Yeah I I don't know if you want to call it revenge or punishment or lashing out or just uh consequences. Do, yeah, consequences for Republicans who violated the loyalty oath that they may or may not have agreed to, but was expected of them. Well,
2: under the un, there's a provision in the state party constitution that says Republican Kansas Republican Party officers will not in contested elections endorse non-Republicans. Support, actually the word is support non-Republicans. So, for example, if a Republican precinct committee person Sign the petitions to get Dennis Pyle on the ballot. That's arguably supporting him. And I think what's what's got uh, many Republicans upset is, I think we talked about this last week, if you had said Dennis Pyle would get only 2% of the vote, the Derek Schmidt people thought they'd be popping corks. This was a very close election. And so Dennis Pyle in there, and out there and being campaigned for altered the dynamic. And of course we can't run the counterfactual where Dennis Pyle isn't campaigning and never gets in to see what happens. But, you know, there's a question there of what would have turned out differently had Dennis Pyle not been in the race.
0: Well, and I think it gets to the broader debates: is Senator Pyle, the, uh, the illness, the issue himself, or is he a symptom of a bigger divide within the party? Because we saw some very conservative members of the legislature, basically, I mean, more than coming to, to Pyle's defense, basically saying that the kind of current
1: status quo leadership of the Republican Party is to blame for Schmidt's defeat. Uh, we we had uh, Senators uh, Mark Steffen of Hutchinson, Alicia Straub of uh, Ellenwood, yeah, yeah Ellenwood, uh, yeah, and then representatives uh, Randy Garber, who was uh, the treasurer for Sabetha, right? Yeah, the he was the treasurer for the uh, Pile campaign, and then Trevor Jacobs of Fort Scott and Tatum Lee, yes, sir. Uh, yep, yeah. and they they all signed on to that statement uh, that was highly critical of Republican leadership.
2: Exactly, and and and. The thing it, that Pyle's campaign did was uh, he getting into the race and then the work around him did was it it played to the misgivings on the right, far right, usually with Derek Schmidt. You know, when Derek Schmidt began his political career, he was working for a couple of moderate Republican senators, U.S. senators, Nancy uh, Casabon Baker, and Chuck Hagel, who was later, a, I think, a defense secretary for Bill Clinton. And, you know, when he he got into the legislature, he was majority leader for six years. And when he was majority leader, he was working with a moderate Senate president, Steve Morris, who, you know, of course, endorsed, I think, did he formally endorse Laura Kelly? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he served as a, he was on Laura Kelly's tax... Commission, and um, and so it, what's interesting to me was you heard kind of the same argument both from the far right and from Democrats, which is you know on the far right it was Derek Schmidt's trying to fool you, he's not really a conservative, and from Democrats and moderate Republicans, some moderate Republicans was. I don't know this Derek Schmidt. This is not the Derek Schmidt I knew when he was in the legislature. And, of course, you know, Derek Schmidt's been attorney general for 12 years. He's uh, He's been anti-abortion, opposes most abortion. He's been doing a lot of – I mean, he was in a lot of lawsuits against the Obama and the, uh, the the Biden administration. So, you know, kind of the question, again, in a political science Uh, way is does it matter that somebody was perceived as a moderate back in the day if for the past 10 or 12 years they've
1: been doing conservative things with the thought of people can change uh, yeah Derek Schmidt was my state senator when I was in uh, middle school and high school and I have changed since then so I would think that politicians can change since then too
2: well, yes, and and you know, so with Schmidt, there's always been this art, this question of, uh, again, on the hard right, how much of a true believer is he, is he? You know that that is always a question when you have somebody who has a lengthy political career and has been perceived as somewhat pragmatic about what they're doing.
0: Right for people for whom ideological purity is a big deal, Dennis Pyle kind of tried to basically frame himself as the only option. And, you know, I think I, I would bet a, a good number of those people who were you know, voting for Dennis Pyle or considered it strongly, would probably almost rather work with Laura Kelly than Derek Schmidt. You know, it's better to have an adversary in the governor's office than what they would perceive as a milk toast conservative, presuming milk toast conservative well, policy. If you're
2: if you're a really hardcore conservative and you're a Republican Yeah. I mean, Laura Kelly, a Democratic governor, you know, uh, gives you something to rally and work against. Um, Whereas if you've got a Republican governor and, and Republicans found this out when Sam Brownback was governor and they were trying to close budget shortfalls, uh, after the, the nationally notorious experiment in cutting taxes, you know, you had a whole series of times when Brownback would come back with proposals to raise other taxes to offset the shortfalls so that you could preserve those income taxes. And it was all very difficult because the natural conservative Republican response is, we don't want to raise taxes, we want to cut spending but in the end, they would um, they would go ahead very reluctantly embrace some form of what Brownback was pushing to preserve the income tax cuts, because the alternatives were uh, politi- even more politically unpalatable. And I sat in a number of caucus meetings where Republicans you could hear them. You know, creating the political message, well, I can sell this. This is still less than the tax cuts we did. And at one point, there was one post session where Brownback had a news conference and insisted we didn't raise taxes right after they had raised some taxes. And his argument was the tax increases over here weren't quite up to where the the, uh, tax cuts were. And I mean, it's all moot now because, of course, they repealed most of the tax experiment in 2017, and the state has, um, in since literally since, is almost every month has had more revenues than anticipated. I think they're only three or four months out of that. What is it now? Five years that they haven't.
0: Well, and I think the shifting back to the the Republican. Um, uh, schism perhaps well and and
2: and look the 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 schism has always the schism probably existed before statehood you go into the house chamber and they've got 10 names 10 names on the wall of free state martyrs slash heroes and on one side is James Lane and on the other side is Charles Robinson first sent one of the first two senators the first governor and those guys hated each other and James Lane helped engineer the impeachment of Charles Robinson so I mean the republic republicans have been fighting amongst themselves like forever but
0: there will be (laughs) on and off there will be a very Uh, real battlefield coming up next year, and that is who will be the next chair of the Kansas Republican Party. Yeah, Um, Mike Kuckelman, who we mentioned earlier, is stepping down. Helen Van Etten, who used to be a a Republican National Committee woman uh, in the state, has had a long involvement in Republican politics statewide and in Shawnee County. She is running. She is kind of the, I I would say, uh, Kuckelman has endorsed her, Schmidt has endorsed her, kind of the the um, uh, you know the, the, more the estab- default, yeah, yeah, the, the, more est- the more
2: establishment candidate. I mean, she served on the board of regents. Uh, I think uh, she's a really interesting story because uh, when I think when she was young, she emigrated from uh, Taiwan, Taiwan, um, and so there's an interesting story about how that influenced her worldview and and all of that. And, yeah, she's worked very hard for the party over
0: decades. But there are, I mean, there are, I would say, strong rumblings, if not almost certitude, that someone likely, maybe, a former Secretary of State candidate Mike Brown... His name has been out there, yes. Uh, ...will run uh, against her, and we will maybe see some of these dynamics in a, well, it's kind of hard to get more public than we've had the last week, but in a very real, very public setting. Um, And, you know, I don't know, I don't know that anyone really knows how that's going to play out.
2: Well, and, 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 you know, the, the, this often happens when Republicans lose a a big race, like in 1990 uh, Republican governor, Mike Hayden was ousted by democratic governor, uh, Joan Finney, she won the election. There had been a big split. Uh, Hayden was challenged by, on the right, by Nestor Wyganda, Wichita real estate developer. Uh, and and um, there was a big split in the Republican Party. And, and Joan Finney actually was a socially conservative Catholic. Uh, so she was anti-abortion and managed to pick up some votes that way. And yeah, the the Republican convention after that election was pretty. Uh, it was it was not uh, sunshine and lollipops. We'll put it that way.
0: Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, everything.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a Simpsons episode that was a parody of Thelma and
0: Louise that that <laughs> song was used in, um, but. Um, Well, and Jason, we were talking about this. We also have the legislative session coming up where Senator Pyle and some of his uh, supporters are still in the Kansas Senate and Kansas House, except for Tatum Lee, who lost in the primary. She was actually put the the redistricting, put her in a district with another Republican
2: incumbent, which there were a, there were a couple of pair ups, right? I mean, Ron Reichman allowed him the outgoing House Speaker because he wasn't running again allowed himself to be paired up in a district. And actually Megan
0: Lynn also retired. So Megan Lynn I would, also was totally open. Uh, and the other was Boydor and Kyle Hoffman and Boydor retired. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, the and, and, and of course Tatum Lee had been
0: uh, at loggerheads with the leadership. She was a— uh, uh Um, uh, you're at a lot but i was like what's the what do you say when you're like uh not welcome it's like an animal metaphor a black Black sheep sheep. black Black sheep Sheep. that's what you're looking for or maybe black prairie chicken
1: you see i was Uh, going to say that uh the republican party in kansas right now is kind of leaderless kind of like a prairie chicken with its head cut off uh, let's not let's not use metaphors
2: involving violence against our friends, the Prairie
0: Well, especially because now that will be uh, yeah, that's, that's punishable. That could be the rallying the
2: cry for the party.
0: Okay. You well, can, I mean, you could try to get that going on your own, man.
2: I mean, you know, obviously, let's. I mean, yes, there it there does appear to see be some contention within the Republican Party. I mean. Let's, let's not declare the Republican Party in Kansas dead. Oh, no, Since I know Since they that. have yeah. super legislative, super majorities, they just ousted the state treasurer and won the attorney You You could race. argue they had it. I mean,
0: it's interesting because neither party is very satisfied with how things went on election night, and you could argue both did just fine. Democrats I mean, reelected the governor.
1: Sharice Davids won some ledge seats. Republicans want basically everything else. I mean, tens of millions of dollars were spent in Kansas politics over the past several months to essentially keep the status quo.
2: Yeah. And as we talked about last week on the podcast, but for the vote in
0: August on abortion. Yeah. that I and mean, that was...
2: And, and did we mention that the Constitutional Amendment on Rules and Regulations went down narrowly? We
0: can't. I think we were still kind of in doubt when we were— Yeah, was it?
2: Was, it was. It's now, it's now been called a very narrow victory for the no side, which uh, was another rebuke for the Republican-controlled legislature. And there's a lot of suggestion that lingering distrust of conservative legislature— uh Influence that vote
1: but voters still voted for a conservative legislature
2: I know, I know that's what that is what's fascinating about Kansas politics. a more
0: conservative legislature than legislature than we had last session given that some more moderate members lost in the primary Well like we exactly about.
2: and so we're 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 moving forward with this situation where we have two public votes that suggest that, the public is not entirely happy with the conservative-led legislature, and yet <laughs> the collective result of legislative elections is a slightly more conservative legislature. And, and, you know, there's the theory that holds with Congress that you're mad at Congress, but you like your local member of Congress, and perhaps
1: you're mad at the legislature, but you like your local legislator or they just liked the way things happened they they wanted a democratic governor but wanted a republican That's check also on her possible. power or they wanted republicans to have that check on her power but not a or they were looking at her as a power. check on them
2: i mean you know I mean, Kansas is not a state with initiative and referendum, which allows voters to put things on the ballots, propose laws and constitutional amendments without going through the legislature. You know, in a state like, for example, South Dakota, I think it's even more glaring. Uh, its legislature is even more Republican and more conservative than the Kansas legislature. And yet voters, they're just expanded Medicaid.
0: My favorite, I think, is the Hawaii Senate, which does not have a single Republican. Or maybe well, they no, have one.
2: Actually, now they have two, because oh. I was looking at the election. Big, but one night, point, for uh, yeah, big night for Republicans in Hawaii. Yeah, big night for Republicans in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they I think Del-
0: Delaware has a similarly yeah, like, obscene I mean, imbalance.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are states, I mean, like Rhode Island, for example. I mean, th- I mean... Just huge Democratic majorities. I mean, it's like I may want to, I may, I may, want to travel there at some point during a legislative session just to see how that works and sit in the gallery and go, "Oh, this is weird."
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, here in Kansas, the Senate did not change; they were not up for election, no. minus one seat uh, with a special election. But Senate President Ty Masterson will remain. Presumably in charge of the Senate, mm-hmm. uh, but and, and on the House side, it's expected that Dan Hawkins will be the Speaker, uh, Republican from Wichita. But we don't know how things are going to shake out below that.
0: A lot to keep track of, and you know, I you know where you can go to find more updates on legislative session in Prairie Chickens, right?
1: Yes. I was going to ask where, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, CJonline.com. Where? Uh, where,
0: Andrew, where? CJonline.com. Uh, or you can like us on Facebook. <laughs> I would say follow us on Twitter, but by the time this podcast comes out, uh, Twitter might not be anymore. Uh,
1: Twitter is probably more threatened than the lesser The lesser, lesser prairie, prairie chicken, chicken. yeah. Uh,
0: there's uh, uh, it d- d- is i it is d- d- that
2: just all, I mean and we thought the Republican party had uh uh internal turmoil can, going can on can prairie
1: chickens fly uh not very or, or far they, i don't think so they might be able to take as much flight as the tweets on twitter can I, I don't know about all that. All
2: I know about Twitter is what I've been reading and about, you know, uh, Elon Musk, the new owner, telling employees that they they needed to be hardcore and twi- to make Twitter 2.0 and giving them an ultimatum on deciding to resign. And a bunch of employees apparently decided to resign. And the response was kind of like, oh, wait, 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 come. Can some of you come back? Um, And I guess he's been hiring engineers and others from his other ventures. But so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Twitter. The interesting thing is they're worried about World Cup tweets uh, overwhelming and crashing Twitter.
0: Um, It is the global game.
1: It is. Those soccer fans drinking their beers at home because they can't do it in Qatar. Yeah. I mean, that is just... uh,
2: why, Why would you... I mean, I guess... I guess it would be like going to a baseball game and, and then just deciding on the spur of the moment that you can have beer. I mean, I don't know. Given given some of the uh given some of the behavior of like, say, for example, Cubs fans late in late innings, I I'm uh, there's always been a uh there's always been an argument maybe I think some stadiums cut off beer sales. At the seventh in the inning. I, I think at the seventh it's in. a
0: league policy. It turns out maybe letting a country bribe their way into a World Cup is not the best idea. But uh, Jason, if folks want to follow you on Twitter while they still can, uh, where can that happen?
1: It's at Jason underscore Tid.
0: I'm at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. Let me know what of the other social media platforms I should be trying. Mastodon?
1: Or or, or just... Come straight to cJ online. that's
0: probably the better option John where can they find your work well yes
2: I was I was waiting for my chance to plug the uh, the Associated Press uh, www.apnews.com backslash we're doing the hand motion Kansas uh, and uh, at on Twitter I'm at APJDHanna. Um, I think I still have the blue check mark I
1: <laughs> and you you're- didn't have to pay for it you're one of the originals.
2: Not yet. I don't know how that's
0: going to You're verified, out. always verified in our hearts, John.
2: Well, and, and I should say, I've not been covering Twitter stuff. So, again, what I know is what I read, and I know there are a host of opinions about what's going on there at
0: that social media icon. If you have a lot of free time now that Twitter is going by the wayside, you can go listen to back episodes of Chillin' in the State House. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or just go to cjonline.com uh, and I will try and remember to post new episodes there. Jason? Andrew. John? Andrew? Jason. I hate to cry foul.
2: Ah, uh, yes, I love that. A, but, a chicken reference right at the end here, folks.
0: But uh, I think bok, it's Bok, prob- bok,
2: bok, bok,
0: yes. <laughs> it is about that time to chicken dance off into the weekend. Can a- we enjoy inst-
1: your turkeys on Thursday? Yes. Yes,
0: that's true. We will not s- s- see you all virtually. I guess we never really see you until after Thanksgiving. That's yes, we're
2: speaking metaphorically, and yes.
0: Have a happy Thanksgiving, folks, from our family at Chillin' in the State House to yours, Uh, We love you all very much, and we'll see you right back here next time. Have a good one.